0: There we go. Clearly starting the recording was the thing that was going to mess up the internet because of course it was, but we are back. Welcome back, dear listener, to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. We are at the conclusion of the home and away season and with me to discuss it all, the news off field, the news on it is BR, back for his second ever episode, mate. How are you? Mate, absolutely loving life. It's, uh, it's good to be back
1: on the podcast. It's been, uh, I suppose, about three months since I was here. And, uh, mate, the last time we were chatting, I was a much, much happier AFL supporter. Uh, I actually uh, put a moz on the Saints. I lifted the lid. I said, mate, we are playing finals 100%, back it in. And, uh, wow, wow, we What a crazy last three months it has been. It's almost like we turned for home, Casper, hit the boy, and The Saints looked at Carlton, who I think was sitting fifth uh, from memory at the end of uh, round 11. And we looked at each other and went, "Uh, Tell you what, uh, we're going to miss the finals, Carlton. And Carlton were like, Whoa, 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 hold up a second. Hang on. If you're going to miss, we're going to miss too. Hold my beer. And the Saints were like, Yeah, going, we're just going to tease our fans a little bit here on Friday night. And Carlton were like, Hang on a second. We'll go one better Saturday night and Cozzy Pickett, where are we? So, uh, Uh. yeah. Goodness me, Casper. Goodness me.
0: Where are we at? <laughs> that is <laughs> just about the perfect start to this episode. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious me. Um, in your defence, I'm pretty sure everyone had the Saints and the Blues playing finals football, Um when the buy rounds came around. It's been a pretty fascinating second half of the season. But before we get on to all that, dear listener, if this is your first episode listening in, first off, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, We hope that you check out other episodes after listening to this one, of course. Um, Basically, there are three sections. Section one, we will review the weekend just gone. Section two, we'll talk about the big talking points of football and then round, uh, section three, excuse me, we will discuss round 23, preview it, and give our tips, predictions, who we think is going to win, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And we start off every episode with our top two highlights and top two lowlights. Uh, Bia, what were your top two highlights of round 22?
1: Whoa, these are tight, I reckon. Uh, But uh, look, I reckon Ben Cunnington uh, has to be one. Uh, He is absolutely sensational. It's fantastic to see him. Uh, back out on the uh, the footy field for North Melbourne, so uh, I reckon that's probably my uh, my number one highlight uh, for the weekend. And uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of a toss up between uh, between a couple here for me. I, I actually thought Cam his game against the Saints was uh, absolutely sensational when he, he stepped it up a notch in the last quarter. And and uh, yeah, I wouldn't say silenced his critics, but uh, he's finally coming of age to uh, to show why he was. Uh, the Number one pick, and uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic to see. So, uh, yeah, if you want a man who can ice a game and uh, do it ice cold, uh, yeah, Cam Rayner, wow, he did uh, a sensational job. Otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, Windy for the Saints, uh, an absolute, uh, sensational job. Obviously, picking up the rising star for the week as well. So, mm. uh, Marcus Windhager, he played an absolutely unreal game, tag Lockie nearly out of it, and uh, I think you find Lockie only, uh, uh stayed in the team's uh, numbers, um, Casper Disposal was, uh, which is uh, unheard of uh, for Lockie. And, uh, you know, Windy ran around and picked up about 20-odd himself. So I, I think that was an absolutely sensational game for the young fella. He won't win the uh, Rising Star Award, but, uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's done an absolute sensational job. So, yeah, they're my two highlights for the weekend. What about yours?
0: Mm, I like it. I like it. I think I am going to go with Ben Cunnington as well. One of the feel-good stories of the season, along with um, uh, the Carlton co-captain Sam um, Doherty coming back in as well, um, it's a terrible disease that both of those men have, have faced. And the fact that they've been able to come back to football this season, it's, it's really, really touching. Um, and there's this great photo that North Melbourne shared on social media of um, Cunnington, you know, a couple of hours before the game started. So there's no fans. No, you know, maybe a couple of ground keepers are out there. and He's just sitting in the middle of the middle of the football oval, just kind of taking it all in. Um, and it's one of my favourite football photos. It's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. And congratulations to him um, and to the North Alabama Football Club. Um, the other one, though, uh, being that I love the Swans and I hate Collingwood, it's got to be Sunday's result. Um, a phenomenal <laughs> game of football. The fact that the Swans held such a dangerous forward line, I would argue that when Collingwood's forward line is on, they are the most dangerous forward line in the competition, maybe second only to Brisbane, to 50 points, which, unless I'm mistaken, is Collingwood's lowest score of the season to this point, is a phenomenal defensive effort highlighted by Dane Rampey. There's about 10 minutes left to go in the game. Collingwood are coming. Ball gets out the back. Deep in Collingwood's forward pocket, Brody Meyercheck runs onto it and he looks like he's going to kick a goal from a slight angle and out of nowhere, it's almost the Heath Shaw Nick Rewalt moment of this game. He comes out of nowhere, lays a big bu- sorry, sorry, lays a big bump <laughs> and the ball is saved, the goal is saved and the Swans are never challenged again. Um, and that highlights for me the why the Swans are... I reckon, and I'm not just saying this because I love the Swans, but I reckon they're second premiership favourites at the moment behind Geelong. They're definitely up there, top three at least. Um, Now, for every highlight, of course, there is a low light. uh, Bia, what were your top two low lights? I have a suspicion. I know which team is going to be one of them. Uh, The
1: Bombers. uh, Number one low light of the weekend. Uh, uh, I don't think you can uh, disagree too much further from that. Mm. They were... um, yeah, wow, wow, we well, you've only got to listen to the uh, fans booing at the end of the game. That's uh, that pretty much sums up where they're at. But we'll, we'll come back around to the bombers a bit later on. But yeah, uh, yeah, them and uh, Manchester United, I suppose, are uh, in the same boat at the moment <laughs> in a bit of a rabble. But uh, yeah, well, wow, what a start they uh, they kicked off with, and uh, yeah, sort of they looked okay in the third quarter, Casper, but uh, yeah, gave it away again. Uh, like they did for the first half, so yeah, and the bombers number one low light for the weekend and uh, uh, St Kilda's inaccuracy uh, Mm. in front of goals it's not uh, down to one individual there's a um, there's a team of individuals there and uh, yeah just the the lack of uh, outside help I think uh, might come into play but we'll touch on that a bit later on as well
0: I like it I like it for me yeah number one I agree with you Um, it seems like I can never have when both of my teams are playing in in, in, in different games, it seems like I can, can never have like just a perfect day, right? They either both lose or one of them wins and one of them loses. And it's normally my favorite team, the Bombers who lose normally. Once again, as I, I was having a nice day on Sunday. You know, the Swans beat Collingwood. I thought, yes, fantastic. I feel great. I feel happy. Change over to the other game. Let's see how the Bombers are going. Oh, they're losing by 50 points. Okay, there we go. Right. I tip Port to win that. Because port have dominated us the last few weeks. Um, but geez Louise, that is, and and truthfully, with how many debilitating losses we've had this year, demoralizing losses we have had. Granted, the last 20 years, this is one of the worst. This is not quite as bad as hashtag 21 in a row from back in 2019, but this is this is up there. Um, and it has caused a cascade. A cascading effect of of awfulness to to happen at Essendon Football Club. This is a line in the sand moment, as um as one of the senior executives at the Bombers said on the weekend. Um, but yeah, so for me now, I'm I'm just um I'm just done. I'm just done. We'll talk about it later, but I'm done um, as an Essendon supporter this year. I have reached a level of apathy that I have never had for Essendon before. <laughs> And I feel like a lot of Essendon supporters understand. There's only what twenty thousand people that showed up for for, mm. for you know one of the biggest biggest clubs in the country. Um, that's unspeakable, even if it is the four forty p.m. Sunday um, uh, time slot. And the other one for me is going to be the Carlton Football Club. Now, up by seven points two minutes ago, they conceded a goal, which okay. That mark to Melksham never should have happened. He's surrounded by four Carlton players. How he managed to mark that without a Carlton player getting a fist on it or getting a hand, getting anything on it that would deflect it, punch the ball away, don't know how he marked it, but he marked it, fine, right? However, a minute to go, they're up by a point. You ideally don't want to lose that from that point, obviously. Just chip it around, got to hit targets, and then the kick from OE to Saad which was like, what, a 10-meter kick, 15-meter kick, falls like five meters short. How on earth did that kick not reach that? And I'm not blaming OEs, right? Not not blaming on just one player. But from that moment on, that game was lost. So Carlson supporters, if I wasn't an Essendon supporter, I would feel sorry for you. But I am, so I don't. Now, um, Bia... Let's get stuck into the main talking points of the weekend. And it starts off with arguably the biggest, and that is the Essendon Football Club. First off, let's start with the Alistair Clarkson situation. It looked for a long time that he was going to go to North Melbourne, no way he was going to go anywhere else. And then all of a sudden at the 11th hour, the Bombers have apparently made a bid for him and he is apparently strongly um, considering it. Now, I want to ask you, should Essendon, right, we have apparently we've gone for Alistair Clarkson, is this a good match for us? Is this a good match for Alistair Clarkson considering that he wants to win a premiership sometime soon? And um, should we get rid of Ben Rutten?
1: Yeah, there's a fair bit to unpack in, in that uh, in that question there. And look, I think it started off, uh, you know, it's Sunday night when you watch them sort of you know, walk off the field, and you know the, the the dragging and the sulking from the players and the coaching staff and all those walking off. Uh, you can see clearly for me, uh, you know, especially around twenty two of the season that you go right, out, the writing is absolutely on the wall. It's either it's either Monday morning or it's uh, it's the next Monday. So uh, when the rumor mill kicked off hard uh on uh, neil mitchell's program on uh, melbourne radio uh monday morning that ben Rutten was uh pretty much in in the firing line and, and out the door uh, it really didn't come as a shock to me because I, i'd said it sort of sunday night that you can't a, a club the size of essen and one of the biggest in the country you cannot be having results like that without the door opening itself Now that that started you know a long time earlier when you got that self-internal review that's uh personally oh, I don't think it's brought a whole lot out of it uh, really I don't think you're going to gain anything out of that review I think it's a waste of a, uh, a review that's been done internally of the club but Ben Rutten, uh myself had to go uh, after Sunday Sunday's uh, lackluster performance and I think you know Daniel G and Daniel G. Siracusa was meant to be coaching this mm-hmm. Sunday if you followed the rumor mill hard and then suddenly there's a, a fair bit of coin being thrown towards Alistair Clarkson, who was allegedly meant to sign at uh, North Melbourne on either Monday or Tuesday following round 22, uh, looking forward to their um, you know, off-season uh, trade period to, to finally get the rebel that is north off the table. And magically, you know, with Rutten's you know, name sort of pretty much out the door uh, and the, the board of Essendon scrambling Monday afternoon to, to have a second meeting within the space of 24 hours to go, well, hold on you know, Ben, mate, you've got one more week. Uh, and let's be real on this. Like, you know, he's only coaching around 23 and then he's out the door. Uh, a season like this, uh, Bombers fans won't put up with that nonsense. And, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be absolute curtains for Ben Rutton. So will they get Alistair Clarkson? Oh, there's a fair chance of it. Um, You know, if the money's right, the length of the deal's right, the list at Essendon isn't too bad. You have plenty of good kids uh, rolling around at the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, uh, hmm. you know, I think you have a look. I think you've already had four or five don't get me uh, quoted on that uh, uh entirely casper but you've had quite a few kids named um you know over the last couple of years as buddy you know rising star nominees so um mm-hmm. uh, you know the the talent is there uh, you know it's just young and, and building so would alistair clarkson go there absolutely why wouldn't he uh, mm. you know, Essendon feature in you know, the Anzac Day clash and and quite a few other big games uh, at the G that regularly draw seventy five plus thousand. That's mm. what he lives for. That's that's Alistair Clarkson written all over it. So yeah. you see an opportunity arise at Windy Hill. Uh, does Alistair Clarkson end up there or at North? Well, to me, he's going to um, he's going to Essendon for me. It's it's written or written all over it. Right at the eleventh hour until yesterday,
0: Monday. I had him penciled in signing uh, at North Melbourne today, Tuesday. It is amazing how quickly things have changed. I've just had a look when you mentioned the rising star nominees, we've had two in 2022 and in 2021, we had, hold on, I don't think I'm just counting. Uh, I'm just having a look on Google. Uh, we had three. So yeah, I mean, look, five players nominated in the last two years. That's not too bad. I mean, I'll take it. Um I want to preface this as an Essendon supporter. If there are any other Essendon supporters listening to this, if we think that Alistair Clarkson alone is going to solve the problems at this football club, we are absolutely delusional, right? And also, just because a coach wins multiple premierships at one club doesn't mean he'll do it at another club, right? Sure, McMullen House, West Coast St. Collingwood. um, But... For every Mick house, there's also been a Dennis Pagan. Two premiership at Northern Melbourne, team of the 90s, et cetera, et cetera, come at Carlton, two wooden spoons, two or three wooden spoons in his time there, and kicked out after 117-point loss to Brisbane midway through 2007. So I'm just saying, let's if we do get Alistair Clarkson, let's not be too hasty with our expectations, Right. I mean, Hawthorne, he won a premiership at Hawthorne in four years, which was pretty incredible considering how low they were. But also, their drafting was spectacular. Jared Ruffhead, Jordan Lewis, Buddy Franklin. They had Luke Hodge from 2001. That is a core group of players that I think that's lightning in a bottle, right? That 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 combination of draft talent going to one football club will probably happen once every 20 to 30 years. Um, with that being said though, I do agree that truck's time has come to an end. and I said in 2019 when the bombers announced this stupid, stupid stupid coaching succession plan between uh, washer and Truck that it was a stupid decision because I thought washer had actually done a decent job. we had a we had injuries galore, had the club suspensions in 2016 and I thought that he was actually kind of building us up quite nicely Um, and then we got rid of him so for me I'm kind of baffled the fact that we still got rid of him and last year I, I was kind of come around to it you know we made finals football after a slow start but by golly gosh and there was footage on footy classified that I that left my jaw hanging open And they used it as an example of the players had checked out. It wasn't from this week. It was from the North Melbourne game a couple of weeks ago when we won by eight goals. Right. So consider the fact that we're up at this point in the game by about 50 points or so. Pretty comfortable. Nick Hind comes to the bench and there's a spot right next to Ben Rutten, right next to him. And he doesn't sit next to him. He tries Almost everything he can to avoid sitting next to Ben Wrighton on the bench. Eventually, he has to sit down next to him. And Ben Rutten is trying to talk to him. And he is not looking at him at all. Not paying attention to him. Not looking at him. He wants to be anywhere else in the world except for on the bench right next to that man. That was gobsmacking. And that was in a 50-point win. Can you imagine how the players would feel after losing by 84 points? Once that happens, almost doesn't matter what you do, you are probably gone. Especially with Paul Brasher, the, um, the getting getting show the door. Apparently, according to reports, an ardent and stringent supporter of uh, Ben Rutton. Now that he's out, I think, I think Ben Rutten's stays are numbered. Absolutely. Um, But the thing is, is standards have to be better, right? Clarkson has to come in like Michael Voss did at Carlton last year where he drove standards, and now the Blues are significantly better placed than they were last year. Um, But, yeah, what an absolute disaster. I know I've been talking for about three minutes straight, but I came up with a metaphor yesterday that I thought was really good for the podcast. So if you don't mind, I'm going to use it, right? Essendon, in the last 20 years or so, right, it's a bit, they've been a bit like, you know, that friend that you had when you were graduating high school, who was top of the class, right, got top grades, got top marks, super popular, everyone loved him. And you thought that that was it, that was a person who was really going places, right? I think my internet might have just stopped. Has my internet stopped? Oh, no, my internet's back. Okay, sorry. Wasn't sure if my internet got stopped you. or not. So... Got you, um, got you back. Yeah. I'll start, I'll start the metaphor again. But yeah, clearly the metaphor was so mind-boggling that the internet's taken a while to process it. Basically, the metaphor is you graduate with someone, right, who is top of the class, get top grades, everyone loves him, clear the fact that he is going to go places, right, and he gets into his you know, preferred university, one of the best universities in the world, wants to study to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, right? But in order to pay for it, right, he has to spend some time working at a supermarket, right, stacking shelves. And you think, okay, that's fair enough. He'll just do that for a little bit and then he'll go off to university, right? So he defers. That's all good. Then you leave off, you do your thing. You come back 20 years later and he's still there, still stacking the shelves, The dream of becoming a doctor or a lawyer or whatever has completely vanished. And he's still there, still stacking the shelves, still working at that same supermarket. But now he doesn't have any drive in his life. He has zero ambition. And the thing is, he's not happy about where he is, but he is just apathetic. He doesn't care where he is. He's just accepted it. Yep. This is how my reality is. And he doesn't know how to fix it. It's not... It's not a scene that brings you happiness. It is depressing. And that's what Essendon is. Essendon is depressing. And that's what we've been since 2001. Okay, sorry. Just had to get that metaphor out there. It was so good. I wrote it down on my phone. Um, But I'm sure Essendon supporters, we understand, right? Essendon, fellow Essendon supporters, we get that, right? Um, Okay, to give my voice a little bit of a break here, I want to ask you about this. Jeremy Cameron at Geelong they are flying 12 wins in a row for the Cats. But Jeremy Cameron pulled up a little bit sore, apparently strained his hamstring, according to SCN. And I want to ask you is out for the game against West Coast, might not be back for another three weeks, could possibly miss that first final. And I want to ask you, VR, how is this going to impact the Cats? What should they do? Should they rush him, considering his injury history? Should they wait? for either the second or third week of finals. What do you reckon?
1: Mate, your internet bounced all over the joint then. I got two Geelongs flying along 12 wins in a row. Where where do we get up to after that? Sorry, mate.
0: That's okay. I'll give you um, I'll give you the TLDR version because I can't be bothered repeating everything that I just said. Um uh, God, you just gotta love the internet speed here in this country, don't you? Basically I wanna ask you it's, it's the cats of Jeremy Cameron. Um, what should they do with Jeremy Cameron's latest hamstring strain? Considering his injury history, what should they do? Should they rush him back when he is, you know, when he says he's ready? Should they rush him back or should they just be a bit cautious?
1: Put the Rolls Royce in the shed, mate. He's got obviously this week off, the bye week off, and then the cats have it out of that game in the shed personally. And uh, yeah, welcome him back for the second week of finals. No questions asked.
0: Yep, yeah, I like it. Uh, did it actually, like, stop the recording? I swear, if that mm. stopped the recording, I'm going to lose my mind. Anyways, um, it got what you said, I think.
1: Wait, that's what it sounded like you said.
0: <laughs> wait till see what happens afterwards to see whether or not, look, basically, you're saying park the Rolls Royce in the shed, I agree. He's such a valuable player. And Geelong's got the top, the doubles chance anyway. So even if they do choke in the first week of finals, which again, they probably will. They always do. That's okay. Just rest him for the semifinal. final. will be all right. Um, but yeah, what a terrible time of year for an injury like this to happen. Um, and it's a shame he would have played every single game this season after having such an injury hit 2021. Um, I want to ask you, one team that kind of around the same time that Carlton and St. Kilda started their downfall, this team started really, really, really revving into gear. And they had a couple of weeks where it was a little bit iffy. They they choked against Gold Coast. They had that awful loss against North Melbourne and that draw against Fremantle. But since then, they have been perfect and they have secured themselves a place in the finals with a comprehensive 10-goal win against Hawthorne. And I want to ask you, BR, are Richmond a premiership contender, heading into finals. And if they do finish seventh, which I believe they will, could they replicate the Dogs' run in 2016?
1: They can't move from where they are. Let's be realistic. They can't go up and and they won't go down. So, um, yeah, seventh seventh is where they're staying. Uh, Can they win it from seventh? Absolutely they can. I I personally think, yeah, Casper, there's only three teams that can win the flag from here. Uh, Hmm. And I'm more than happy to, to name and shame uh, clubs in the top eight currently. If you, if you look at the top eight currently, right, and you look where the Saints are, the Saints have beaten four teams inside that top eight, the current top eight as it sits. So you look at it right now and you go, what has happened there? But can the Tigers actually do it from here? Absolutely. I've got the Tigers in my top three. Top three sides who can win the flag from here, and that's Geelong. They are the clear premiership favourites at the moment. The last side to beat the Cats, Casper. Who was that? you know? Saints. It was the Saints. Well done. Happy days. He knows where I'm going with this. The Cats are a clear favourite here. The Swans uh, are my second uh, premiership favourite and the Tigers. They're the only three who can win it from here. That's that's just brutally honest. Oh, I don't think Melbourne have got the legs to do it. Whoever you know loses there to this game between Brisbane and Melbourne will finish sixth and host the game against Richmond. And I'll tell you what, Richmond will send them packing in that first week of finals. So this, this game, uh, Friday night, wow.
0: I swear, I have a I have a theory that recording a podcast in the 1920s would be easier sometimes than recording this glooming podcast with how slow my internet connection is. And the technology didn't even exist 100 years ago. Um, but, yeah, look, I think that's a very controversial call, mate. The only three clubs can win it. Um, I still think you look at any of the seven clubs occupying the top seven spot, any of them can win it this year. I really do. Right,
1: right, 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 them off. Nah, flag, flag, Mandel, ride it off. <laughs> uh, Collingwood, ride it off. Nah, not a chance. Um, yeah, no, nah, I think it's yeah, down, down to three sides. Uh, Brisbane just can't do it. Uh, they've proven defensively that they just cannot hold on uh, in games for long enough. Uh, yeah, the, the Tigers are, you yeah, know, they've got that experience rolling through that side and they are building absolutely nicely at the moment. And, uh, Geelong cruising along. They are flying. And, uh, yeah, the Swannies, they are ticking along. They've got a lot of powerhouses that are running around on that. side. So they're your perfect money ball uh, outfit, the Swannies. They've got a lot of players, you know, buying into their roles, doing the right thing. So, uh, yeah, personally, it's only, it's only down to three for me. And, uh, yeah, forget about it. Whoever finishes eight this weekend, uh, that's a token
0: game. I like it, mate. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, um, let's attempt the final couple of questions. (laughs) Let's see if we can get through the rest of this podcast. Lord have mercy on me. Um, Right. So I want to ask you, right, as a St. Kilda supporter, apparently the Saints have refused external help. And I think now they finally said that they'll consider getting external help for Max King's kicking action, right? And dear listener, if you haven't watched it yet, go and watch Matthew Lloyd on Football Classified talk about why this is a problem and why he absolutely needs help and why he disagrees with uh, Brett Ratton on the weekend on his comments on King's kicking in action. Um, I want to ask you, right, Bia, is this stubbornness, because it's been going not just this year, it was last year too, is this stubbornness to help Max King either the main reason or one of the main reasons why you guys won't be playing finals football anymore?
1: Oh, I wouldn't put it solely down to Max King, you know, being the reason we're not playing finals. There's a lot of games that we, um, we crapped the bed, Casper, uh, to put it plainly. Um, you know, I only look back to Cairns when we you know lost to Port by a point and, yeah, you know, coughed up a few other games. You know, lost to the Bombers, should never have lost to the Bombers. Yeah, you know, when you look at the way that they were travelling at the time, uh, yeah, you, know, you should have beaten them. And, and there's a couple of other sides, you know, I won't start you now naming shaming every club. But, uh, you know, to, to go ahead and, you know, you look at the sides we have beaten inside the eight uh, currently, and you go, well, they've actually beaten some big names. Like, yeah, we've knocked off the Tigers. You know, we didn't just knock them off. We absolutely flogged them early in the season. Yeah, you know, we belted the Cats uh, by a good couple of goals. But... Uh, that game wasn't just about building and, boy, a couple of goals. You now, When you're talking about a belting game, a lot of people prefer to a big margin. But you look at the way we beat them up around the ground, uh, that was something the Cats hadn't seen for a long time. And they have obviously gone about business to, to go back and correct that, and they haven't lost a game since. So, yeah, look, there's there's opportunities right across the season. So I, I won't pin the whole season solely down to Max King. There's, there's a lot of things that we were doing right in the first half of the season. Our, our run was good. Our carry was good. Our kicking efficiency was good you know we were fast we were smooth we were slick we were elite Uh, and then you turn the corner for home we had a week off uh, with the bye and and I don't know where this game plan of you know mark the ball chip the ball around kick it backwards panic fumble it muck it up turn it over and stand still Uh, and you know it's just it's crap football uh, and then, you know, you look at it, we get the ball back. You know, you mark it. Everyone stops. There's not a single player moving around the ground. You go back and watch the footage from the last, you know, month, especially the last month. Uh, yeah, a lot of St Kilda blokes will take the mark and they'll stop the game. You watch all the good sides. They'll take a mark, handball on, get the run and carry, and away you go. It's it's not good-looking football. We're kicking down the line and hoping. So, uh, yeah, when you're trying to bomb long down the line, yeah, it's it's not not doing it for me. So whatever that game plan is we've had in the back half of the season, it's uh, it's a defender's dream, you know. Send it, and that that's all on themselves. So, uh, but Max King, wow, yeah, the the kicking inaccuracies on uh, Friday nights. I'm, I'm lucky uh, I don't have two snap wrists and a and a you know broken TV. So. Um, you know, Matthew Lloyd's offered external help for the last couple of years, Casper, and uh, obviously coaching him there at Halebury College, uh, Halebury College uh, there in Melbourne. Um, you know, Lordy said he'd, he'd do it for free. So you, you're talking about, you know, an AFL goal-kicking legend who's kicked you know, approximately 928 goals, uh, you know, in, in his career. He's offering his help for free and the club's going, not interested. Oh, where are we at? That'd be like Jason Dunstall or you know it's been nice hosting, but we're going to roll around this with, uh, with some under 10s kid who's going to give us a hand. like you know Jared Ruffords had two years with this, game. we've got eight assistant coaches at the Saints, and not one of them can work it out. like come on, it's um, yeah, it, it's getting a bit harsh, so but you know now they're in talks of trying to get Lordy or or someone like they in to the give us a hand. So uh, yeah,
0: stubbornness and arrogance uh, for the last couple of years is uh, is definitely up there, that's for sure. Two games after I unmute myself. I'm going to mention two games that I think cost St. Kilda a spot in the finals. Now, uh, the first one was that game in Camsey mentioned, lost by a point, right? St. Kilda kicked 4 18 that day. So there were obviously a lot of players missing a lot of really easy set shots. Max King kicked two goals, two in that game. Not Terrible, right? 50% accuracy, not great, but not terrible. He, I reckon those two goals that he missed, I reckon I could have kicked them. And I haven't played football in yonks in like five years, right? I've got a, I've got a back problem. I've got a knee problem. I've got the body of a 70-year-old. And I reckon I could have done a better job with those set shot kick-ins than Max King in that game. That's one game that he cost you. The other game was Friday night, 0-5 in a game that you lose by just over two goals. Now, it's unfair to place the blame solely on him, but the fact is if he kicked four goals straight against Port Adelaide instead of two goals, two, or if he kicked even three goals, two or, or four goals, one or five goals straight against Brisbane, you guys win and you guys are still inside the eight comfortably. So for me, I'm going to be a bit controversial here and say, well, yes, I agree that there are many facets to the St Kilda problem. The fact is that Max King has twice cost you guys games of football that had you won, your finals place would be booked by now. So with that, yes, I think he has cost you guys a spot in the finals. And I'm saying when I say him, I really mean the football club for not offering him external help that he has badly needed for two years. Think about it. He's kicked 48 goals, 41 this year. He could be well on the way to 90 goals this season. If the club had gotten their heads out of their backside and stopped being so arrogant to say, no, 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 it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, We've we've got it, we've got it, we've got it, all right? That's like your house being on fire right? The firefighters come and help you. And then you say, no, 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 no. Thanks. No, thanks. No, we don't. We don't need your water. We don't need your hoses, right? We don't need your firefighters, right? We are good. We've got this. Meanwhile, your house is burning to the ground. Get some help. Seriously. Anyways, last question before we go on to the tips. Uh, It will come down to Carlton or the Western Bulldogs for that spot in the eight. I want to ask you, BR, right? There's a great quote in football and I'm struggling to remember who said it deserve ain't got nothing to do with it but I want to ask you who deserves to finish eighth the most out of those two teams
1: uh the one who pulls their finger at the hardest on Sunday afternoon and uh, yeah what a what a cracking Sunday of football we have Casper and uh, look it, it all comes down realistically yeah you know, Friday night football uh, you know Brisbane and Melbourne and and then, you know, you look at, yeah, you know, so that's going to that's gonna decide sort of who's finishing in the top four out of those. But then uh, the real battle comes down to Sunday. And, you know, if things play out really nicely, uh, you know, if uh, if the Dogs lose, uh, happy days. If Carlton get flogged by about 12 goals, happy days. And if the Saints flog uh, the Swans by uh, 12 goals, oh, mate. Happy days. We uh we are set. The Saints to playing finals, but now let's be let's be realistic, Casper. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, I think uh, I think um you know Carlton can come out and uh, and do Collingwood on Sunday afternoon, and, and that'll secure him a spot in the finals. So, um, yeah, I don't know unless you want to see another great example of uh, tanking, uh, what like the Saints put up on Friday night. Uh, tune in to the MCG Sunday afternoon for Carlton to find out how they go about coughing up a final spot again, but. Uh look yeah uh, it's it's tough casper it's tough uh i don't think anyone deserves a spot in the finals unless they, they've you know worked their rear off until the very last sort of second of the game goes so uh, i think it's going to come down to whoever puts the most effort in on uh, on sunday and and to me i think it's going to be the blues who get the job done
0: interesting hmm Well, we'll get into my predictions a little bit later for for Sunday. But in terms of who I think deserves it, and it pains me as an essence of order to say this, but I genuinely believe that if Carlton haven't had the injury problems that they've had in the second half of the year, losing Kennedy, losing Marchbank amongst other players, they would have confirmed a spot in the finals long beforehand. The Dogs have had a pretty decent run with injuries this year. But I don't know, ever since um, ever since Luke Beveridge lost his cool in that opening press conference back in round one, I swear my computer is acting like it has COVID. Anyways, can you hear me? Oh, who, who, who got your internet through? Vodafone, which by the way, right, now that we're back recording this, Vodafone, right? I mean this personally, right? I don't mean this as a professional opinion, all right? So don't sue me for saying this. But go screw yourself. Anyways, beautiful. So um I think Carlton, right? They've had the better season. They've they, if it wasn't for the injuries that they had in second half of the year, March Bank, um, amongst other players that now I can't think of because I'm upset by the internet problem, um, they they would they would not be in the situation that they're currently in, right? They are one chip kick backwards away from securing a spot on Saturday night. Um, and Sunday they play a Collingwood team who are still inside the top four somehow, but with, like, the worst percentage I have ever seen any top four team have, um, it's going to be a blockbuster. You know what? Let's get on to round 23 predictions because, frankly, I'm sick and tired of the internet interrupting this podcast episode, and I'm sure you are too, Bia. Let's start off with Friday night football. Is that the Gabba? Brisbane v Melbourne. Last time these two teams played, it was the Ds by how much? But it's that together, Lions significantly tougher to beat up there than they are anywhere else. I want to ask you, who wins this game?
1: Yeah, um, this is going to be a cracking game, Casper. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's Brisbane for me. And uh, look, I, I think they get the chocolates by 17 points on Friday night. And uh, I can't wait to see them uh, knock Melbourne off and uh, see a massive uh, home final for the Ds at the MCG. Uh, against the Tigers. I think that's going to be absolutely huge. It's one, if the uh, fixturing falls right, uh, I might even find myself down there.
0: I reckon that will be about 90,000 people. And if that happens, that's surely the Friday night game or maybe the Saturday afternoon game. Um, Do not put that as a Thursday night football AFL. I swear to goodness. Um, But yeah, it should be a blockbuster, blockbuster game of football. And I agree with you, Brisbane to win, by 15 points, um, I think it's going to be a blockbuster. Pretty game on Friday night. Clearly, obviously, we're doing this podcast early in the weekend, so we don't know when um, injuries are going to be confirmed for this week or not. Teams won't be out for another couple of days, but it's going to be a blockbuster, and I think Brisbane are going to get revenge on the Ds. They've already lost once at the Gabba this year. Brisbane, they don't lose twice um, a season there. Let's get on to Saturday afternoon. One of the few games that don't have a bearing on the top eight, it's Gold Coast versus North Melbourne. It's North Melbourne hosting Gold Coast, I should say, at the uh, stadium known as Marvel. And I want to ask you, will it be a marvellous end to the year for Gold Coast?
1: Absolutely it will. Yeah, the Gold Coast Suns will uh, get another win under Stewie Jude there and and finish their season off right. Uh, I can't remember, Casper, if we spoke about this last time or not, the uh, new uh, big sexy screens there at Marvel Stadium as Gil McLaughlin called it did we do we chat about them last time I was on have I believe you, have you... So. yeah the old uh, the old camera is not right so I uh, can't wait to see them uh, finally get that one right hopefully next season with the broadcasters to actually get the game on the big screen uh, not just uh, two-thirds of the screen next season that'll uh, that'll actually look much nicer so uh yeah that's a marvel stadium a little drive by for me but um yeah no gold gold coast by probably 40 points for me
0: mate i i got to give you uh i got to give you applause for saying that because you mentioned that about four weeks before i heard anyone else talk about it and the next uh, person i heard after you talking about it was Kane corns so um good on you mate you were way ahead of the curve on that one um and full kudos to you. That's a great that's a great call about the uh, about the screens at Marvel Stadium, and I can't believe that they stopped that up. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Gold Coast by <laughs> out. Gold Coast anyway four to seven goals. Uh on that's to a
1: standard AFL problem at Marvel.
0: Yeah, standard <laughs> AFL problem. What a what a venue. Um,
1: <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving.
0: <laughs> what a venue. Um GWS versus Fremantle in Canberra. Now, Giants normally play pretty well down there, but the last time they played down there, these two teams, the Dockers won pretty comfortably back in 2019, and I think it's going to happen this time around. I'm um, tipping Fremantle too much on the line to drop this game, and the Giants, well, they are walking mediocrity, divined. I'm um, going with Fremantle by 48 points.
1: Well, it's a bit further than I'm going to tip. I'm only going free by, uh, uh, by 27 for me, so... They'll um, they'll do enough to get the job done, but I, I don't think they'll uh, they'll push it too much further from that. I, I think once they get out to that four or five goal margin, I think they'll uh, kick the Rolls Royce back in the third gear and just let it play out.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, now the next game I have not seen a football game with bigger odds than this. It's Geelong versus West Coast. Now, of course, gamble responsibly. But the Cats are currently sitting at a dollar and three. The Eagles are sitting at twelve dollars fifty. I have not seen a bigger discrepancy in a game of football ever. This is massive. uh, Surely the Cats win, but by how much?
1: Oh, yeah, by how much? And that's another one, Casper, because Chris Geelong have already got the modern premiership sewed up in the bank. Uh, I can't see them going overly hard Uh, in that game. They'll be looking for some bruise-free football. And, uh, look, I I think they get the job done by uh, by 50 to 60 points. I I don't think they'll... uh, Absolutely cruise home a huge win. Uh, I think they'll do just enough uh, just to prove that they're uh, they're the big cats in town, but uh, yeah, that'll be about as far as they roll.
0: Dangerfield's milestone game, that is um, congratulations to him. I'll never forget after his first game ever for Geelong back in round one 2016, dad and I going to visit Cadinia Park and seeing their Hall of Fame and he was already in it after one match and yep sure enough he has proven that great of a legend for them um so congrats to him yep tipping the cat's by about 60 points as well wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that on to Essendon versus Richmond and I am so nervous for this game the it's Shane Edwards has just announced that he will retire come the end of the year so this is his last last home and away season game Shane Edwards fantastic effort by um Titch to make it that far I want to ask you, BR, the Bombers have not beaten the Tigers since 2014. Um, Will the Tigers beat the Bombers for the 15th billionth time in a row?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah, after the uh, insipid performance served up last week by the Bombers, (laughs) I don't think there's any amount of um, pep talking or soul searching they can do this week to to come out and have another crack and and upset the Tigers. I think the Tigers will uh, cruise home here. Uh, Probably, yeah, 44 points for me.
0: I think you're being very generous. I could see the Tigers absolutely annihilating us. Um, I'm really nervous for this. This could be a 10-goal loss for the Bombers. And I'm going to I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tip Richmond by 50 points. I wouldn't be surprised with more than that. Um, yeah, let me just say the difference between the two teams with sashes. I don't think has ever been quite as stark as it is at the moment. And that is very depressing considering that Richmond, not too long ago, was in the midst of a 37-year drought, um, And the fact that Essendon are now only 15 years away from matching that is very, very scary. Um,
1: I just want to shout out to Casper, while we're touching on Richmond, uh, shout out to Tom Lynch, uh, kicking a big bag of eight last week at the G, the first bloke to kick eight goals uh, at the MCG in the new 18 team era. So uh, well done to Tommy Lynch.
0: Is that true? Wow, what a stat that is. Mm, Um, Nice little one. That's a great stat. Full kudos to you, Tom Lynch, um, equal career high. Yep, and uh, his highest bag at the Tigers. Yeah, it's a great effort from him. Um, an unheralded part of that Richard and Ford line, I think. And a uh, great effort by Morris Rioli Jr. I think he only had like four touches, but it was like the best four-touch game you've ever seen. Um, now, on to the other Saturday night game. I was going to tip the Crows in this one until I found out that Robbie Gray is retiring after this game. Big Robbie Gray, I want to ask you, BR, is Robbie Gray the greatest Port Adelaide player to have ever played?
1: No, 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 not even even close. I think there's uh, quite a few others uh, ahead of Robbie Gray personally. Um, But I tell you now, when I read the news uh, today, as a Tuesday that Robbie Gray was retiring, I couldn't have been a happier man. Uh, That man... (laughs) Robbie Gray has been the bane of my existence as a St Kilda supporter for the last umpteen years. Any time you see a close game with St Kilda who's just in front, that garden gnome has come out of nowhere and popped up like a little sprinkler, Casper, pops up <laughs> out of nowhere and goes, bang! Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, well done to uh, Robbie Gray on a sensational uh, career. Uh but yeah, if uh, if clubs are out there serious, they're looking for someone with a bit of leadership and a bit of talent, uh I think he's the perfect man to try and lure into a club. Uh, uh even trying to get him for just a one or a two-year deal to, to bring in that uh that leadership experience and knowledge, footy smarts. Uh I think that that uh would be absolutely invaluable. So uh yeah, well done to Robbie Gray on a fantastic career. And yeah, the the power for me, I can't see Adelaide um yeah, you know, turning it into a blackout. Uh at the Adelaide Oval by pulling the plug on the power. But, uh, yeah, I think the power for me are going to uh, to roll home here with a, uh, I reckon, a 13-point win. Uh, Ooh, I reckon it's I like it. a, a close showdown, this one.
0: I like it. I like it. They normally are pretty close showdowns. Um, but, yeah, I'm tipping the power. i got to
1: look back to, what's that, round two or three this year when they had an absolute pearler. So. Ah, Dawson. Um, Dawson. Yeah. yeah.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable I, to quote. I know we went off watching it on our couch. <laughs> to, quote,
1: to, to, quote the favorite, oh, to quote one of my favorite.
0: To quote one of my favorite Dennis Committee quotes. Granted, he was talking about Zach Dawson, the St. Kilda player, but nevertheless, it's one of my favorite um, Dennis Committee quotes when he said, Oh, Dawson, that is Dawson. And indeed, it was indeed Dawson in <laughs> Grand <laughs> Three. Now, on to Sunday. It's Hawthorne versus the Western Bulldogs down in Tasmania. Now the dogs, they don't just have to win. They have to win by at least a couple of goals or more. BR, are they going to get there? Are they going to do it? It's the Hawks in Tassie. They beat the dogs there last year late.
1: Like. The Hawks in Tassie, Casper—that's That's the big one, isn't it? The Hawks down there in Tassie. They are a fairly handy little side down there in Tasmania and They haven't been too bad this season. I'll give Sam Mitchell credit. I think his first year as a a Hawthorne coach would be a pass mark uh, for me. Um, But yeah, look, the Dogs have a want to drive towards finals. Uh, Can they get it done? I think just. Uh, And yeah, they very nearly uh, didn't quite get up over the Orange team uh, last week. I mean, the Giants. Uh, So, uh, shout out to Kelly. Um, Uh, So yeah, I think it's going to be a tight encounter, but
0: the dogs by 15 for me, they get it by two and a half. You know what, right? That whole before, before, before we go on, right? That whole, I feel so sorry for her <laughs> because like honestly, so many, so many different, um, so many different uh uh commentators. Every commentator stuffs up, right? And that's granted, that's probably one of the worst mistakes I've heard. But hey, I was commentating a football game on the weekend, right? That featured banella and I called them Saint Kilda because they're both called the Saints. That was on Saturday after I watched them on uh, watch St. Kilda on Friday night. So look, right, mistakes happen, and I feel sorry for her. <laughs> um granted, uh, I even watched, I watched it. The replay. Giants
1: have embraced it though.
0: Ah, oh, look, I watched the um, I watched the 2013 and replayed the 2013 grand final recently with Rex Hunt commentating, and I'm pretty sure Rex Hunt called Tendai Zungu Ten Mzungai. <laughs> I reckon you're
1: right.
0: Which is uh, Brian Brian
1: Taylor dropping the magic on Triple M radio during the 2016 grand
0: final after Tom Boyd kicked the goal? Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Look, every commentator makes a mistake, and I hope, I hope, I really hope that it doesn't stain her career bet. But um, yeah, granted, Brian Taylor, I'm not a big fan of him, but that moment definitely deserved the magic dropped um as for this game the dogs yeah I'm tipping the dogs (laughs) to win by 20 by 20 points I think it'll be really really close it could be Brisbane v West Coast you know are the Lions going to get enough to get into uh, the top four last year and they just did late I think it's going to be the exact same thing now Mm. Sunday Carlton versus Collingwood they got 80,000 between them at the MCG earlier in the year BR what's going to be the crowd this time around is it going to be another 80,000
1: Yeah, back it in, Casper. Uh, I'll, I'll call it early on, going for eighty four and a half thousand uh, at an absolute minimum. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. if the weather holds up, they'll, they'll get the 84 and a half. If The weather doesn't hold up, they'll get about seventy two. So, um, I, I reckon you're looking for a seventy two minimum for a wet day, uh, and eighty four and a half plus for a, uh, a sunny or, or cloudy overcast.
0: Well, you've heard it here first, dear listener. Uh, if you're a Carlton or a Collingwood supporter, help get BR's prediction correct. Get seventy-two to 84,000 people at the MCG. Make sure you can go on Sunday. Cancel your weddings. Cancel your funeral arrangements. Cancel all that. Go to the football on Sunday. Um, it is going to be a blockbuster game of football. I am so sick and tired of hearing that recorded voice saying same, same recording in progress again and again and again. But I don't know what you heard, B. I've Just basically I've said I've put a call out to all Collingwood and Carlton supporters listening uh, to make your prediction right, seventy two to 84,000. Let's make it happen, people. Um, Carlton, I think at the moment I'm tipping them to win. It could change. It is only Tuesday. Once the teams come out, we'll see injuries and, and all that. Um, I think Collingwood have hit a wall. And I think it's going to be quite a bit for them to get back into it. I think Carlton are going to win, clinch that eighth spot, and it could be Collingwood versus Carlton at the MCG in an, in, in, in an elimination final, excuse me. Um, what about UBR, B.R.? Carlton or Collingwood?
1: Yeah, I, I reckon it, it's Carlton for me. By uh, by 14 points, it, it's going to be a uh, very, very close game. Uh, and I can't wait to see how that one pans out because that's obviously going to decide... Uh, who is definitely finishing where in the eight and uh, how relevant or ir- irrelevant our next game we talk about is.
0: I like it. I like it, mate. Well, let's get stuck into the possibly relevant or irrelevant game to finish off the season. Either way, there will be some relevance because depending on how the round finishes, not only might the Saints need to clinch top eight, the Swans might need to clinch top four. I want to ask you, BR, the Saints probably need to beat the Swans by about 70 to 80 points. Can they do it?
1: Oh, look, mate, the, the Swans are going to make top four. Uh, no questions asked there. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll give St Kilda a bit of a touch-up uh, on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, look, if Sydney win, they finish in second spot. So, uh, yeah, no, no questions uh, asked from me. Uh, the Swans will give the Saints a, a touch-up uh, probably uh, in the vicinity of uh, six goals plus.
0: I like it. I like it. I reckon Buddy to kick six goals. And uh, speaking of someone who has torn the Saints to shreds uh, in several times of his career, I'm going with Buddy for six and I'm going for the Swans by eight goals. Sorry, BR. Could it be close? Absolutely. Uh, will it be? I don't think so. Now, just before we go, which game I'm out of, I'm curious, which game are you most looking forward to watching this week, BR? And which game do you think is going to be the biggest blowout of the weekend? Uh, most keen game I'm uh, yeah, interested in for the weekend
1: is definitely Friday night's game, Melbourne and uh, and Brisbane. Obviously, as I touched on earlier, whoever loses, that one's going to finish sixth and play the Tigers at the, uh, at the G if it's Melbourne or at the Gabba uh, if it's Brisbane. And, and I think uh, either way, uh, whoever's playing in that final is going home uh, because Richmond are going to roll through, through the week after. So... Uh, the game that I'm least keen on watching uh, is probably the one I'm going to catch, but I'm going down to watch the Saint Swan's game at, uh, at Marvel so I'm hoping the Saints can turn it on but uh, I fear for another uh, uh, a lonely day uh, at Marvel Stadium and a very long two and a bit hour drive back home. so uh,
0: yeah, it'll be one of those afternoons I think. <laughs> mate godspeed with that one i'm tipping for my biggest blowout i'm going Geelong versus west coast that could be a one Geelong beat melbourne by 186 points there in 2011 um i'm not saying that that margin is in danger but i'm just saying it might get a lot closer to that margin than a lot of people think as for the game i'm most looking forward to carlson versus collingwood two big mcg rivals MCG will be rocking 70 to 80, maybe even 90,000 people there. Carlton need to win and they're in. we need to win and they're in the fall. Uh, it's going to be a blockbuster finish to the home and away season. Br, thank you so much for bearing with me and bearing with my internet. Right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck for Sunday.
1: Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers.
0: And thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Thank you for bearing with us while we go through some technical difficulties. If you live in Australia, you understand my frustration. And join me and a co-host next week as we review Round 23 and preview the final series. It's also AFLW season just around the corner. So please do join us as we will start some podcasts on that as well. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. And until then, cyanide.